0: This is Dell Buckner's financial clinic. Securities are offered through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Dell Buckner Inc. is a registered investment advisory firm. Dell Buckner Inc. and United Planners are not affiliated. This is Dell Buckner's financial clinic. We're visiting with Adair Buckner and kind of a little housekeeping. Adair is an attorney. Uh, she offices on the same floor as is my office at 301 South hulk suite 422 i'm in 420 and uh yes we are married so just get a little well, disclosure. Out of the way. so it and really tell me a little bit about what you
1: primarily do well Is right that- now i'm doing what i call my kinder and gentler law practice <laughs> completely out of litigation if anything's contested i say uh find somebody else. But uh, my mission now is helping people primarily with estate planning and probate and then business matters that a lot of them relate to those areas also, but, you know, incorporation and real estate transfers and some things like that, just primarily an office practice. But, um, you know, my my main focus is estate planning and probate right now.
0: And, for this particular segment I'd really like to have that burning question that is asked to me over and over again so why should I have a will <laughs> I I know it's relatively simple <laughs> for some well and, you know and stable. there
1: are there are a few people that maybe don't need to have a will and I can kind of tell you real quickly who those people might be And and it's not always true even then because their circumstance might change from what it was at one point. But if you don't own any real estate, all you own is investments, bank accounts, life insurance, things of that nature that you can designate beneficiaries on so that those assets would pass directly to your beneficiaries on your death, then you don't need a will. But... And even if you own real property in the state of Texas now, you can do what's called a transfer on death deed or a ladybird deed, where you retain a life estate in the property, but on your death, it automatically passes to the beneficiaries. So there's an additional um, tool there that you can use to avoid probate. And even if you died without a will, it's not all that tragic, but... um, for a lot of people, you know, that either they are not aware of that, they haven't done that. If they do own real estate at the time of their death and they don't have a will, then number one, their the beneficiaries may not be who they want to receive the property. The state of Texas decides who that'll be, and it depends on your family situation exactly who, who that is, uh, who the beneficiaries will be. But the other part of it is that what you have to do in order to transfer title to that real estate is vastly more complicated and more expensive if you die without a will than if you have one and go through a a simplified probate proceeding.
0: A lot of my clients have minor children. Is there any reason why they're relatively young? Yeah. I, I will tell you they don't plan on dying
1: <laughs> no and and they decided
0: they just have a real low risk of dying
1: well I, and and my it's not a favorite story but the but the best example that i have of this was a, a situation i ran across really early in my practice a young couple that were both physicians had just finished mid school were starting to get their practices set up and were smart enough to have taken out a lot of life insurance to help them um, number one, cover some loans that they had to get the practices started. But then also, you know, if something happened to them, there'd be a cushion there. They had children that were, I believe, like two and six. And both of the parents were killed in a car wreck at the same time. It was really tragic. The children were in the car and they survived. But the even though they purchased life insurance, the parents had not drawn up a will. And so that left the situation where in order for these kids to receive the life insurance proceeds, there had to be a guardianship set up for their persons, which means their actual custody and care, and for their estate, which was the life insurance proceeds. And grandparents on both sides got into contested guardianship lawsuit that went on for over a year was bitterly, bitterly fought, fought. and by the time the thing was over, the family was destroyed. Uh, They they hated each other. (laughs) The sides of the family hated each other, and it was just a horrible, horrible situation, and tens of thousands of dollars were spent on attorney's fees that wouldn't have to have been spent if the parents had taken the time to draw up a will that set up trusts, and named who they wanted to act as guardians for the minor children. So it's very important if you have minor children, and probably most important, that's the most important time for a person to have a will, just so you can avoid that kind of a tragic situation.
0: Now, now most people have very cherished family heirlooms and possibly antiques, that they have in their family that they've handed down from generation to generation. And I, I would grant that virtually every one of the children or grandchildren would like to have that one cherished item that is the kind of the, the golden
1: thing, golden everybody,
0: the gold or whatever it is that everybody would like to have. So
1: how is that, if you don't have a will, how is that divided up? <laughs> it's a free-for-all. <laughs> and again, you can end up with the family completely destroyed by fighting over things like that. Because, um, you know, if, if the, there are several children left and um, they're, they're entitled to the estate equally um, under Texas law, So, there'd be, you know, say there are four children, they'd each be entitled to a fourth. They've either going to have to decide one person gets that asset and accounts to the others for the value, or it ends up getting sold. Or, I mean, I've seen lots of times where one of the kids will sneak into the house and try to take all those things out before the others can get there. You know, it's just a a really bad situation. Um, When we draft wills for clients, we, will include almost always a page it's a memorandum where the the person making the will, the testator can set out those kinds of things that they want to go to a particular person so that there's no dispute about it at the time of their death Um, and that's obviously the best way to take care of that kind of a situation.
0: I have one of my clients that has come that Whose family really founded the, the panhandle. And they also have numerous Indian artifacts that were on their land that they've uh, cherished and preserved. And very carefully, uh, In they own these Indian artifacts that uh, it's of untold value, almost unreal value. And I, I've really encouraging them to have that discussion what happens when there's something in a situation like this that where it's almost um, cherished memorabilia and historic memorabilia that are that
1: are there how would a will help with that well it's still the same same kind of a situation that if if the person who owns those assets is not spelled out in a will How they want them disposed of, then it's going to be up to the family to decide, um, you know, depending on who under state law would inherit those assets. And again, if it's, you know, you got a situation where we have four children, then they're going to have to either agree on the disposition or, uh, you know, come up. Ultimately, if they can't agree, they end up having to go to court, probably to decide what happens to the asset.
0: because... Well, in this particular case, I think the family likely—I'm—I better say this—likely. I'd like them to decide before anybody ever gets sick, but uh, is going to be donating them to the, the uh, a very good, solid museum. We've got about four or five of them that are extremely appropriate. And would conserve them and take good care of them those kinds of things. So they may be
1: a charitable donation someplace. else. Well, if- that's definitely not going to happen unless it's spelled out in a will or the children all decide that's what they want to have happen. You know, if that, if your intent is that, that precious assets like that go to a, a museum or something of that sort, then you definitely need to have it spelled out in a will or a trust or something in writing so that it's that, clear what that commitment is. Otherwise, the family is not obligated to honor that at all. As we go into, as a certified
0: financial planner, and we go into the talk about ownership of certain assets, many of the IRAs, 401ks, life insurance have beneficiaries that are assigned to them. And I've had it said numerous times over and over again, incorrectly, that i went to an attorney maybe you and i got the will fixed then now uh, so all of that stuff that we had is the beneficiaries that we named are
1: it's all replaced with what i have in the will right? no, that's yeah. that's not that's incorrect because any of those kind of things where you designated a beneficiary or considered contracts in the contractual terms trump the terms of the will so they operate completely independently what those types of things where you designate beneficiaries are considered non probate assets and they pass according to the designations you've made and the and assets that are not designated like that that pass under the will are probate assets and they're totally two separate <laughs> two separate worlds yeah, and right. And I have to tell clients that frequently that, you know, said, well, you know, if I make my will that says this, it'll override my beneficiary designations. Like, no, that that does not happen. And I mean, and sometimes people fall into a trap, they think, you know, they think they've provided how they want things to pass in their will. And then they make a later beneficiary designation that conflicts with that. It's going to be the beneficiary designation that governs. And we've got a break here,
0: Adair. I'd like you to uh, discuss if someone would like to come in and to, and visit with you about estate planning, how you do that, and what your
1: rules are. So okay. how easy it is, is it to get in uh, to see you? Okay. Well, um, you can call me at 806-220-0150. Or I have a website. It's just Adair, adairbuckner.com. Or my email is adair at com, But I have a website that you can go through to uh, you know visit my estate planning and probate blogs that has a place you can contact me directly from the website and send me your the matter you want to inquire about. And I will do a free initial consultation just you know to kind of generally talk with you about what your question is. If I render legal advice to you, I'm gonna charge. For that, but I'm generally very easy to get in to see. It's normally not more than a week or 10 days before I could get in to see you, and generally much sooner than that, just depending on what's going on. And if you'd like to visit with a certified financial planner professional
0: at Dell Buckner, Inc., give us a call at 806-358-7977, 299 plan This is Dale Buckner's Financial Clinic, visiting with Adair Buckner, and we're talking about estate planning, and one of the prime studies that certified financial planner professionals do is in estate planning. Now, that being said, we know a lot. However, we can't do any of the legal documents that are required to be able to do that. and So a lot of times we're giving a general answer to an estate planning question and the lawyers get to do the exact documents. Now, I kind of wanted to spend this particular segment kind of talking about that process that you go through when you have someone comes in, they say, I have never done a will, I'd really like to get started. How would you, uh, how do you get, started in that and then what are the other documents that are that are normally done when you do a, an estate planning package okay
1: well uh, we have a, a questionnaire that we have people fill out that helps them consider all of the the relevant issues that that come up in drafting a will what what do they own what assets do they own who they want to be the beneficiaries of the assets if everything's to go say to the surviving spouse or if they want something carved out even from the surviving spouse to go to another relative or a child and if there are specific items that they want to go to one person they spell that out and then they also need to think about who they want to act as the executor of their estate to be the person to gather the assets together and and make sure all the debts are paid and to then distribute the estate and take care of the legalities of getting the will probated. And if they're minor children, then you want to consider setting up a trust and to what age you would want the trust to remain in effect for the child. Uh, Because if there isn't a trust, the the child's interest under guardianship has to be distributed to them when they turn 18. And uh, we've seen what a lot of 18-year-olds do with money that comes in to them at that age uh, can be very quickly gone. Um, and, and in that connection uh, with the minor children also, you would want to name the person that you would want to as the guardian of the child. And the court will generally honor that unless it just seems totally inappropriate or you know the, the person you've named as guardian has a criminal background of child abuse or something like that, God forbid. Uh, But, you know, those those are some key considerations, particularly for, you know, we'll have a certain questionnaire for married couples and a questionnaire for a single individual, because those situations obviously are going to be different. Um, Then the other pieces of the package that we always recommend that people do if they haven't already done is a statutory power of attorney, which names somebody to act as your agent if you become incompetent are incapacitated and not able to take care of your own business. And we always recommend naming at least one alternate, if not two, in case the first person you name is not able to serve. And the same for a medical power of attorney, at least, uh, you know, a, a primary person, at least one or two alternates, and decide if you want people to act jointly in those capacities or you want just one person to act. Uh, And then coupled with the medical power of attorney is the directive to physicians or living well that specifies if you do or you don't want to be maintained by any kind of artificial means, if you are given a diagnosis that you're in a terminal condition or an irreversible condition, which basically means that the physician has determined that it's not likely that you will regain Uh, function, uh, brain function primarily, or that you're you're going to live a, you know, what would be considered a useful life past a a very limited period of time. And then we generally will do what's called a declaration of guardian, which is a backup to the power of attorney, where you say who you would want to act as your guardian if someone requires more than the statutory power of attorney uh, to authorize someone to act on your behalf. So those are the pieces of a coming standard to a, package
0: kind of coming up to a break here. So got to interrupt a little bit and, and also want to let everyone know that we offer consultation and complimentary consultation for the initial consultation that uh, we do. And uh, we don't charge. We get pretty much free without measure at our office. So obviously, Adair, would you like to invite them to participate?
1: Sure. Um anyone who would like to look into having estate planning done just needs to contact my office either at 806-220-0150 or email me at adair at adairbuckner.com or just go to my website adairbuckner and I have lots of places on the website where you're invited to contact me and let me know what your interest is and we will promptly get back to you about either setting up a telephone or an office conference to discuss uh, where we go from there. If you would like to visit with a certified financial planner professional at
0: Dale Buckner, give us a call at 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLAN, or just email me at dale at dalebuckner.com.